You are listening to the North Peace Roundtable podcast, your weekly podcast about theology and the Christian life. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 71. Thank you for tuning in. My name's Andrew. With me, as always, is Corland. Hi. Okay. And Cameron. <laughs> okay. Good morning, everyone. Did you listen to last week's episode by any chance? I tried to do your voice. Oh, I was I like, Cameron's no. not here. Hi, everybody. There's like... <laughs> And someone commented, that's like the opposite. Cameron's right. voice is the deepest out of all three <laughs> oh, of you. Oh, man. <laughs> and I've even, I've even tried to um, go to auto-tune a little bit. and I've listened back to a few episodes. I'm like, man, let's mumble, let's mumble rap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, man. man. So if you're new to uh, the podcast, we uh, record every week just about, and we try and answer people's questions, or we'll have a... A topic or something come up that we want to address and then sometimes and today is one of those times we'll uh, do a couple segments where we uh, try and take a verse out of context and then apply it correctly and then we'll react to some clips and today we have just a fantastic clip to oh boy react to you know when we're like i like to choose really bad clips because they're funnier i think i may have found the worst <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So anyways, uh, Corlin, introduce our topic question for today because someone gave it to you. Yeah, somebody called in. It's like a radio show. <laughs> they were like, hey, love the podcast, but I have a question. Well, they actually had multiple, so we have a few that we, we get to go through. But the question that we're covering today is, is quite a broad one, so we might talk about it forever. We might not be able to talk about it forever, but we'll try and do our best. Uh, from a Christian perspective, what's... Where's the line and what's the difference between enabling someone, whether it be in addiction or whether it be uh, even in sin or if it even just be your children versus actually supporting those people? So what's mm. where's that line? How do we find that as Christians? Where, where can we go for that kind of information? <laughs> Good question, <laughs> isn't it? We all look at each other. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I joked man. when Corlin sent the question through, saying, "I'm going to tell, I'm going to start right now by stopping to enable my children." Yeah, <laughs> you're going to have to earn your way. Yeah, yeah, right. No, no dinner tonight. No more free rides. Sorry <laughs> about that, guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a good question, right? Because we probably all know people or have been those people where you're struggling with some kind of sin or maybe even an, an addiction to something, and uh, you've either had to like, yeah, what's that line of like, okay. By me just like supporting you, am I not coming down too? Like, am I not hard enough on the sin? Am I too hard right now? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I, that's a great question. Where's that line? And it might just it it could vary from person to person and scenario to scenario. Yeah. So like, let's use the because um, I know uh, you and I at least mm -hmm. uh, struggled with a pretty bad addiction to pornography, mm -hmm. and I know lots of guys have. And I know I've heard this from some people. Usually it's wives of guys who are really struggling with it. And usually sometimes the response, and I remember getting this response, is, well, just stop. Right. Hmm. Stop looking at it. Like, it's gross. Don't do it anymore. And, and then sometimes guys who are addicted to it, they go in with that mindset like, okay, I'm just going to stop. And then usually, you know, it doesn't work. Like 99.99% yeah, of the time. Or you'll like, work. yeah, I can white knuckle it for 10 or 11 days, just really holding on. And then it's like, and then I give in. So the idea, like there's a great example of 
But how do you do you support a guy like that by just going, okay, well, he's addicted, so I guess okay, like yeah, or is that enabling him? Yeah, so let's use that scenario then. Like, what would you say to that? How how would you? Is it helpful to just tell a guy, hey, stop it? It's gross. Don't look at it anymore. Because I mean, ideally, yeah, sure, I agree with that. (laughs) Yeah. I think the difference is um, the reception that you would get from the other person in the sense of uh, their willingness to navigate or to identify um, harmful patterns or behavior. Mm -hmm. I mean, if someone is, if your partner or your friend is unwilling to recognize that there could be any harm being done, then your, your efforts will likely be fruitless in the sense of trying to support them to stop if they don't want to or don't even recognize it being a problem. Yeah. So I think that's where you would first determine whether engaging in this conversation or relationship is, is worth it. Yeah, so if I'm hearing you right, what you're saying is enabling and supporting uh, almost depend more on the person's response than it does to what you're actually giving them to help. Sometimes, but uh, uh, just specifically in this scenario of like a partner who's struggling in sexual sin, I mean... Mm-hmm if that partner is repentant and like trying yeah maybe seeking therapy or seeking you know counsel like failing maybe yeah. i wouldn't call being there in their failure as enabling if they're actively repentant and pursuing right living yeah i think the moment that that stops and you stop confronting it then it could gravitate towards enabling mm-hmm. once that person's um, um, engagement with their own seeking of righteous living stops. Right. But <clears throat> that same scenario doesn't work. Moreover, how I've heard this scenario in the sense of helping the poor. Like, stop being poor. Yeah, like, I'm enabling it. you by giving you food at a food bank every week. Well, there's societal structures and socioeconomic structures that'll mm-hmm. cause that person to probably always need that food bank. Yeah, Because yeah. we've been called out when I ran the food bank as enabling people. Yes. Yeah. Allowing them to buy their cigarettes and their booze and cover their food and their milk. You should stop doing that until they reform. Hmm. Well, <laughs> that I would push back every yeah. day of the week because even scanning through scripture, like there is, there is... 94% of the, the verses talking about supporting and loving and not, not defining that love by your own terms, in which yeah. mm-hmm. I think Christians do too often. It's like, we will deter- or I will determine at which point I'm willing to help, and then once I'm done, now you're taking advantage of me. It's like, well, maybe, but um, if someone, when someone starts feeling like they're being taken advantage of, then their heart might be a little in an interesting place, because... And I'm rambling a little bit, but in my own personal life, I've had uh, family members who have uh, fell on hard times. I've supported, and then it's like three, four months, it's like hard times again, and hard times again. And at which point then, you know, I'm I'm married now, uh, my money's not my own. Um, You know, these are conversations that have to happen with my wife, and then finally it's like, okay, this, this doesn't look like a fruitful situation. And I was really, I really struggled with that because I had the ability to help, but the help was like endless. And so I, I struggled in a sense. And so what I did, and this was almost 10 years ago, is that I took 
the savings that I had in my bank and I put it into a locked account with an investor, a, fin- a financial guy that I couldn't access. Right. So when this person came, it's like, do you have $300? I'm like, I'm sorry, I actually don't. Yeah. And it was weird because for a while, uh, this person thought I was broke. And it's like, I actually don't have the capacity to help you today. Like, and it sounds... It sounds weird. It, may, it could sound weird that like, oh, I just created a system now where I wouldn't have to help. <laughs> <laughs> but for my own like mental health and like in my new relationship with my wife, it was like, I don't know. I got I to gotta kind of stop this bleed a little bit. I don't know what to do. Yeah. But if this person came and asked for like a gift card to save on foods, it would be like, absolutely. Or like, come over anytime and eat. Like, yeah. Um, so there's, like you said, there's a number of scenarios that you'd have yeah. to look at. Yeah. <clears throat> I think for me my mind always thinks of like really extreme examples. So like you were talking about the, the issue of pornography and and sexual addiction, Yeah, like enabling to me and something like that would look like, okay, say husband got caught and it'd be like, all right, well here's a like with big quotation marks, safe subscription to that so that while you're using, you can use it without having to worry about any legal issues or blah, 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 blah. I would say that's just flat out enabling. You're not actually supporting that person by saying, here's help in that way, in that type of scenario, right? But yet, like, we just wouldn't do that. I always always make the joke, and if there's kids listening, sorry, not sorry. If you were to take someone to a strip club who's struggling with sexual addiction, and you're like, hey, we're just going for lunch because I care about you. It's like, well... (laughs) <laughs> like, think about what you're doing here. Are you actually doing something in in a loving way that supports where they're yeah. trying to go? Or are you just trying to be there for them, so yeah. to speak? Because being, being there for someone struggling with addiction or someone who needs support is important. Yeah. Um, but our goal should, especially if they're a follower of Christ, should be to always bring them back to Christ and wanting to serve him. Yeah. So maybe choose McDonald's instead, right? <laughs> Here's one for you, just to throw a wrench in the fire, because yeah. I know that we've navigated it together over the last couple of years. Um, so you talk about like the big one, like sexual addiction, like mm-hmm. even poverty in our response to being enabled versus supporter. Uh, naloxone and harm reduction supplies mm-hmm. for someone struggling with drug addiction, a yeah. Christian response. And I'll preface this by saying, you know, so many people have struggled with that. And about seven, eight years ago in, in the the world of, of a sheltering and addiction care, like, you know, changes were being made where, um, at least for the Salvation Army, I think it was around 2012, um, the introduction of like these harm reduction supplies and, and mm-hmm. the amount of Christians that said, I will never do that. Hmm. Um, so harm reduction supplies would be like supplying clean. You're giving uh, a heroin addict a clean needle. Yeah. And if they were to be found overdose, you are going to inject them with a serum that's going to prevent overdose death. Yeah. Um, my it, first experience with that, walking to work in Langley, and there's a person in the ditch gargling on their breath. And the person with me uh, was one of these guys who said, I'll never, I'll never do that. And, in the moment, we just grabbed this person. We pulled them out of the ditch, and I had uh, naloxone in my bag. And I'm like, hey, his name's Jared. I'm like, hey, grab it. And I was like walking him through while I'm holding his head. And he's like doing it. And then afterwards, he's like crying and sweating because he's like, we just saved that person's life. Yeah. But then he had a really internal turmoil. Like, now they're just going to go use again. Like, hmm. that's an interesting perspective. And I know you have a similar story. Yeah. Yeah. I, so for me, one of the, when I was still really, really wrestling with this between support and enabling, I was the person that handed the harm reduction to the supplies to the person that five minutes later I found overdosing. Mm. Um, 
and like you said, in that moment, we just went for it and we got naloxone into their system and, and they ended up surviving that, that time, um, doing CPR and all that stuff. And so, uh, it's one of those things where it's like, so uh, in my mind, I think there's still almost a balance there where like in some ways you are enabling at the same time though, yeah. with some of those safeties in place, you're still providing them that chance though to not make that choice or to not go down that path. Or if they do to have another day to decide not to. Yeah. Right. So that it, I think that's actually a balance. I personally wouldn't view stuff like that as just support. I would view it as a, a little bit of both where it's, mm-hmm. you're providing them the room to be able to, to decide that. Mm-hmm. Um, because, in reality, in a scenario like that, most of those people will continue to use regardless of if you hand them something safer to use than not. Do you think, and this is me talking as I process things in my brain, <laughs> Yeah. do you think that like we struggle with scenarios like that because we want to play God a little bit and it's like, I don't know how this person is going to do this in the future and... Do you get what I'm saying? Like, absolutely. So if I do this, well, then you're, and you have no idea if they will or not. They're just gonna go and use again, and so it's like, well, they might not. You don't know. Yeah. And I think if even my kids, there's times when I do stuff to support my kids, and it goes really badly because they make a bad choice. Yeah. And yet I don't go. Well, forget that. I am never supporting. It's like, well, there's like this. It's. I don't think it's like a black and white, cut and dry thing. It's like each scenario, right? I. I'm trying to think of an example, but I know that there's examples when I do stuff for yeah. my kids and then they make a terrible choice True. and I don't go, yeah. well, I'm never going to buy you a new outfit ever again because look at what you did to the last one. It's like, well, no, that yeah. might not ever happen again. And in this case, it's it's actually more so playing God to withhold the ability for someone. So the enabling in the sense of like supporting someone lost in addiction is like I'm enabling you to live today. Yeah. Mm. Which is kind of crazy, and so we and I've navigated this conversation with Christians. I said, "I will never give that out." And I actually said, "Like, do you think if like if Jesus were here and you had the ability to give someone to something to someone that would get them another day, and you withheld, like that's I think a weird kind of God status. Like, I have the ability to save you." but I'm not going to because you can just die in your own uh, consequence of your yeah. actions. That sounds like the opposite of the gospel message, message. And, and you know, Jesus could have done that. Sorry, world, in your sinfulness, in your own personal bad choices, I'm not going to give you an option for hope because you brought it on yourself. Yeah. And, well, and use that for any scenario. Some idiot teenager speeds around town all the time, drag racing, and gets in a car crash. If I came upon that, I wouldn't go, oh, he was speeding and breaking the law? Well, I'm not going to do CPR because he's an idiot and he'll probably just keep drag racing or whatever. It's like, yeah. well, no, you don't do that. You're like, this person's dying. I need to like save their life, yeah. <laughs> their life, right? I, I think even with this, though, there's an interesting aspect of it can depend on the person's heart, like that, you're, that you are trying to support yep. or whatnot, right? So... Um, the 
most people with any kind of addiction or anything don't get better in an instant, right? right. Addiction, there are cases where God miraculously heals and, and brings complete victory, but there are also people who struggle with that for the rest of their lives, yeah. right? So then in, for example, in a marriage, if you were struggling with drugs and alcohol or something, support might look different than if somebody walks up to you when you're in public and is like, hey, can you give me $5? Sure. Right? Because <clears throat> you're, you're in intimate relationship with that person. So even with your kids, it would look different than if some five-year-old came up to you on the street and asked for a, a jacket from Walmart or something, right? Yeah. Like it, the, those pictures look different because you're in different scenarios. So I think ultimately it's, it's our best attempts should be to show Christ's love and no matter the scenario. Yeah. Um, and you can show Christ's love to people by saying no, yeah, I worked at a halfway house in Vancouver for a couple of years, and um, it was a halfway house for people had, who had uh, life sentences, so they would do their bit in jail, and they would have to come to their the halfway house, and many were sexual offenders, and it really it really weighed heavy on me when Natalia was born. I was down there, and, and part of the reason I, I got out, um, just dark stories, but these guys were experiencing... Uh, forgiveness they were coming and, and i was the chaplain there so we were working through stuff and and some of them were navigating f repentance and still i don't know if you know i'm thinking of one person who finished their time if they said hey man can i rent a room in your house hmm. i i don't know like i think yeah my own humanist would be like you know i think you know maybe i'm gonna help you get set up in the community yeah somewhere not in the house with my daughter yep and and I guess there could be two sides to that, but I, I would look at that support by a, just different. And, and yep. I yeah. think we could spend all day talking about different yeah. scenarios and how we might respond. But I think a good Christian response is to weigh out, like, to not start with what's this going to cost me necessarily, but like, is what I'm going to give going to be actually beneficial to that person? Yeah. yeah. But then not even landing 100% on deciding what's beneficial for that person. Yeah. So it's a really bit of a weighing game. Yeah. Because there's no clear and, and direct answer. And because we're human and so complex, there will be times that you think you've made the right choice and it turns out to be a complete flop. And, it and it's better to wasn't. weigh on that. Like it's better yep. to give and be screwed over than to withhold for the fear of being screwed over. Like I yeah. feel like it's better yeah. to be like, yeah. man, you really took me for a fool with that $40 or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But it's to, to, to weigh and to, yeah, be on that side of caution is... Yeah, and I want to get into in just a minute like non-extreme examples, sure. <laughs> just like everyday examples. Yeah. But I think too, and I've noticed this as I've done ministry over the years, um, how do I word this? Um, everything is black and white until you actually experience the situation. Yeah. yeah. So like I, I find so many Christians have very black and white opinions on everything until they see a person overdosing and dying and they have to act in an instant. And I've seen this in church ministry all the time. Mm -hmm. Like even um, with, co I'll just use COVID stuff. It was like everyone has an opinion on what the church should do. But when I called and actually asked them, okay, well, what would you do? Like come to the church and solve this problem for me. Uh, well, I don't know. I get, uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, true. So even, um, 
the transgender thing, and I'll speak a little bit like vulnerable. You, you don't want to go to the, like extreme examples. Yeah, so, <laughs> I, I, I know. I said we're going to get to non-extreme examples, but I know for like Christians, we because uh, I've heard this conversation with people. Okay, so if a transgender person becomes a believer, uh, reverse surgery to go back to the way they were before, they'll get rid of that little fake name that they've been using, and they'll use the right bathroom. Boom, problem solved. You're Christian now. And then we we've had transgendered people attend our church, yeah. and I'm friends with uh, some. And yeah, you can have that opinion, and then you meet a human being who's struggling with all sorts of stuff. And for me to just go like, no, I'm not going to use the right pronouns because that's stupid. I'm like, well, then you're just kind of being air- like, is that really the hill to die on with this human being? Like. So I, that rocked my world a bit because I had all sorts of opinions about like, oh, it's so easy. It's so easy to fix this problem. Sure. And then you meet a human being and you're like, oh, wow, this is like actually really complicated. Yeah. So I think a lot of times it's easy to look at scenarios from the outside and go like, well, I know what I would do. And it's like, well, just wait till you actually experience it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's that that's the conflict of all of the, the conflict you'll find yourself in throughout scripture. Like there's, I pulled up, you know, Bible verses on helping others. There's like 30 that just pop up, but it's all like self, um, selflessness through the lens of love, through the lens of true, like genuine sincerity. And so then you can have an opinion or you can have a, a conflicting belief, but as soon as you step outside these lenses of love, sincerity and selflessness, then I think you're walking into sin. Mm. So you can approach something like someone being transgender with like, I don't believe that's God's design. Okay. Yep. All right. But when you interact with this human being, if you walk outside the parameters of selfless yeah. love and sincerity, you are sinning. Sure. You are now the exact same because we, we've said in church history, sin is sin is sin. So you believe someone is, is committing sin by transgender? Well, you don't love that person. You don't think about them or pray for them. Guess what? Yeah. You, you are did. transgender. Like yeah. in, the, in the lens of sin. <laughs> Which sure. it sounds wild, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. we we forget yeah. that, yeah. and and yeah. I'm and I'm particularly troubled by that because because in in our Christian world we we determine who chooses what sin because and we won't do it today. But an interesting conversation that I've been in is like, can you believe someone is born gay? No, absolutely not. It's a choice. It's near, whatever. I'm like, all right, but we all believe that people are born sinful yeah and now you're determining what type of a sin a person has like are you born a liar are you born addicted to porn are you born in love with the same gender i don't know or sin sin and it nurtures that's an interesting conversation because people look at something like that or like porn addiction or drug you chose that sin Well, you chose to be judgmental, Debbie. <laughs> like, I don't know. How, how do we navigate that, right? Sorry to all the Debbies listening. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a name we picked. Yeah, I just yeah. wanted to give Karen a break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think, too, and I want to clarify, like, it, do, it doesn't mean that it's like, okay, fine, I guess we just wholeheartedly accept the transgender ideology. No, that's not no. what we're saying. And, and I think that, but some Christians then go like, oh, well, you're just being soft and you're not holding on to truth and righteousness. No, that's not it at all no it's wrestling with the scripture that says you have to love that person okay well how and i've had really good honest conversations with my transgender friends where i just lay the cards on the table this is what i believe and we're still friends there's no and they know i think differently but i also was willing to like hey let me listen tell me about your struggle i've never once struggled with thinking that i was the opposite gender tell me what's that like and it was like oh 
this is actually a person that cares about me. And I, and at the end of the day, it was like, okay, I I still think that God made male and female, and and that's yeah. fine. Like, yeah. so it's not. But I think that's where the thing goes. Wow, you're just enabling them. No, 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 no. I, I'm just not being jerk. I think too that it there's there can be not all the time, but I think there can be elements of like they in scenarios where the person that you're interacting with is not a Christian, where there's this attitude of like, well, I have to incite on them Christian values. Now, that's not to say that Christian values aren't good, right? Because God made them, so they are good. But if even in the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, he says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. That step happens after their disciples, right? So what yeah, well, if what well, if we were to show Christ's love to these people and and simply just love them as they are and then once they've come to Christ then to start teaching them and to say hey yep. like this this is a step this is what what Jesus has taught so like where where are we going to navigate that how yeah, are we going to do that Paul says don't judge people who aren't Christians he says that 1 Corinthians 5 I write I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. And we would stop there and go, yeah. And he says, not at all, meaning the sexually immoral of this world. He's like, I'm not talking yeah. about those people out there who aren't in the church or the greedy or swindlers or idolaters. Since then, you would not need to go out into the world. But now I'm writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother, who's a Christian, and is guilty of sexual... So there's a difference, right? And yeah. then he says, right. is it not those inside the church that you're to judge? He says, what do I have to do with judging outsiders? So you're, you're bang on. It's like, we think, well, I have to, because you as a non-Christian aren't living up to the biblical values, which you don't even think are real, well, then I can't associate with you. And mm-hmm. the Apostle Paul would be like, you guys are morons. And plus, that was us. <laughs> that, yeah, we're all there. Event. So you're right. Like... Um, that I don't have to say, like, oh, until you hold biblical principles, then I actually, like, can't associate with you. Paul would be like, then you can't associate with anybody. Yeah. He's like, no, 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 no. Once they become a believer yeah. and are like, I want to continue sleeping with my girlfriend and cheating on her, then we go, no, 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 no. You're a Christian now. You, you know, what, what are we going to do about this? Because you prescribe to a different worldview now. So that's not okay. So, yeah. Anyways. Um, <sighs> <laughs> Cam's like, no. oh, I want to poke. The oh man, no, no, I don't. Oh. I, I was driving in a car from Vancouver to Langley once with a friend, and he and I had been like acquaintances for a while, and he had told me about his girlfriend, Sarah, and then like I don't know where he's like, hey, so I got to talk to you about something. I'm like, what? And he's like, Sarah's actually my boyfriend's sister. I'm gay. Sarah's my boyfriend. Oh, wow. And okay. so everything I've ever told you about Sarah is actually Brad. Um, I'm, and, he, and I'm like, okay. It was super weird. Like, we're in, the, we're in his car, <laughs> like, driving. And I'm like, uh, how come you didn't tell me before? He's like, well, you're a Christian. That's weird for me. So now, do you um, think I'm, like, living in sin? And I'm like, are you a Christian? He's like, no. I'm like, well. Like, why? Uh, yeah. So what does it matter uh, what I think? And it was just a really neat conversation, and and he and his husband actually had gone to a church a number of times, and and he um, and I and I asked him like how that went, and he said, well, it's all fine until someone invites you to their home or to a life group, and then you have to reveal that you're actually navigating some pretty messed up things. And this was mm-hmm. afterwards, and he's like, uh, yeah, then they were just we were just ostracized and then never yeah. welcome back. 
And that was really disheartening because I felt like, okay, strategically, <laughs> we could have got these guys into church. We could have like had an opportunity for them to for them to experience the Holy Spirit conviction to which we shouldn't convict people. Like right. it's not our role to convict people of their sin. Like you, like Paul says, once they are believers, like if my buddy Mike phoned and said, like, hey, I'm gay, I'd be like, bro, you gotta like you gotta figure that out, man, because yeah. that's wrong. Um so I, I think we're drifting a little bit from the, 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 the <laughs> a little bit. we're all over the place. It's a good it's a good conversation though. <laughs> and then I think too, like the Bible does give like prescriptive things to do when someone is caught in sin it's not just like well support or enable i don't know it's like you know you have matthew 18 where you're supposed Mm -hmm. to confront that person one-on-one you don't air it at air their sin to everybody if you so if i knew corlin was doing something i would go to corlin one-on-one as a brother Mm. and go buddy like right and and try and because he's a follower of jesus like what you're doing you're stop shoplifting corland (laughs) come on and then if he doesn't listen the matthew 18 says well then i i would take cam with me right two guys would go and say corland man you gotta you gotta stop doing what you're doing this is sin you can't live like that and this is obviously a fake scenario but if corland was like well screw you guys i don't need to listen to you then we would go to the elders of the church as like that kind of next level of authority mm. and the elders would go okay you're a member of this church you can't you can't keep living like this you claim the name of jesus mm-hmm. And then it says, if they don't listen, then you kind of treat them as an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't mean that um, you we hate you. Yeah. That doesn't mean that if I see you at Save On, I go, huh, I'm not talking to you. You're- or that that person can't go to church anymore or right. something like that. Yeah. Um, it's just that we now consider, okay, Corlin must not be a believer if his eyes are this blind to yeah. the sin. So there's stuff like that. And then I, I was even looking up you know, Galatians 6, even the attitude yeah. that we do this. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness keep watch on yourself lest you too be tempted bear Mm. one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of christ so it's like there there's a a prescription for the attitude about what which we do it it's this spirit of gentleness Mm -hmm. that we try and help restore people and then you look at second timothy that, that talks about you know we're praying for people that god would grant them uh repentance so we should be praying for people that we see stuck in sin uh and ask god would you please open their eyes to see like yeah that corlin needs to stop shoplifting please god <laughs> or whatever right like and if there's conflict um between you and someone who you're you're, you're navigating is this enabling or am i supporting and they're and they're willing we've had scenarios where actually two people would come to the elders and and kind of air their situation sure. and then have a balanced kind of know retrospection of like what's going on and then the elders were able to pray and offer some some thoughts and so that's an open invite to anyone in the church if they're having conflict in their family or with a friend and they don't know how to resolve or if they feel like they're being taken advantage of i mean if that person's willing or even if they wanted to come and book a time like the elders meet once a month and there's always a window of time where a church member could come totally and then just download like this scenario they're working through get prayer for it and then get some wisdom from 
you know, some of these guys have been around the church for longer than Corlin's been alive. That's true. Um, twice, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is, which is that that's a value that I don't think church members take advantage of enough. Um, and I like, I like what you said, like, cause sometimes you're in a situation and you're sitting there going, man, am I enabling this person by supporting them? Mm. It's so good to like, go ask a trusted person and say, okay, mm. Cam, this is the scenario I'm in. And sometimes you just need like an outside set of eyes that go, yeah, yeah I, I think I think you might just be enabling this pattern. Like, let's talk about how we can like change what we're yeah. doing here. Or no, you're not enabling. You are doing a good job supporting them. Um, sometimes you're so thick in it that like you can't even think clearly. Yeah. And that's the beauty about a life group or a church or another believer that you're you know. It's like, that's why we're here for one another because no one has all the answers on their own. We mm-hmm. need each other, right? Yeah. And uh, I often have people that uh, have been a Christian a lot longer than I have and I'll call them and go like, okay, what would you do in this yeah. scenario? And odds are they've been in a, if not the exact scenario, at least a similar one. They're yeah. like, like I talk to my dad all the time about stuff and he's like, yep, I remember when that happened to me. And I'm like, really? This specific? Of- yeah, people are people. And I remember when that. So like have yeah. people that you can call and say, okay, what do you think about this? All right. Hopefully that answered the question. I know we kind of went all over the place. Um, That's good. We, uh, we've got time and I've got two segments here. And so I got to get my, it's been a while since I've had to use the little uh, yeah. intro music, but we are going to <laughs> the podcast cast react. Oh no, wait, sorry. I meant we are going to. Oh no. Context is key. It's been a while since we've had the context one. So I, it's true. I, I hit the wrong button, but All right. uh, <clears throat> Uh, this one is actually from the sermon last week, Ooh. and uh, I kind of touched on it, but I wanted to give a more specific example. So John chapter 8, um, <clears throat> verse 32. That's the I, first one that Google wants to pull up. And I'm going to um, just read 32, even though it's in the middle of a sentence, because... Because <laughs> that's what people do. This is what people do. <laughs> so, I, so what I'm going to do is I'm oh, going to read the verse, and then I'm going to give you the most recent... Uh, like iteration of this is what I think this verse means. And then I want you guys to like react and maybe pick it apart a little bit. So John eight thirty two, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Amen. So here's the truth that you will know is that masks don't work. Oh. And uh, you know, the government has now been exposed and people are starting to know the truth. And look, Canada is becoming freer. Not the direction I thought you were going to take that, actually. But here's the thing: like, not even, not even just one specific scenario. I've heard like lots of Christians recently. I shouldn't say lots. I've heard a handful of Christians recently from across Canada use this kind of verse and say, "See, when people know the truth, it sets them free. We're free, guys." Is Man. that what John eight thirty two means? Or Man. I should say, are is it wise or are we allowed to use that kind of idea and have like a verse like this kind of support that? So <laughs> I was immediately drawn to uh, 
the movie A Few Good Men with Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson having it out in the courtroom. Yeah, and Jack yeah, yeah. You, you can't, can't handle, handle the truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is uh, par for the course for most people in society if the government were to... I don't know. Oh, what a mess. It's. I think where I would start with something like that is... I, at least from what I've seen, I think it's interesting when elements of God's goodness shine through even though people are sinful. So like the the element of truth, regardless of the topic, whether it be COVID or other things, when truth is out, it generally ends up working better than when people try to cover anything with a lie, sure. Christian or non-Christian. Yep. So, so in that sense, there is elements where I could see this being applicable to situations like that. Yeah. But that being said, that's still truth that would be based off of God's goodness, not just anyone's truth. Yeah. So I, there's still... This Bible verse is, is not referencing anything around like, no. is someone lying to you? No, this, <laughs> no. this one is not. Yeah. That's why I'm saying like, yeah. as, a, as an approach for people to say something like that, I can see where, where yeah, they would sure. think that. Yep. Um, but this verse in context, yeah, you're right. It's literally, if you keep reading, folks. Um, so if the sun sets but you wait, free. More. You, yeah, there you, it is. So if the truth being Jesus, the gospel, if you hold on to that, you will be free. You could be imprisoned like Paul for your entire life, but you will be free. Yeah, totally. Uh, you can be in chains, shackles, beaten, whipped, government oppression, to which uh, this they were under government oppression throughout the, in, the entirety of yeah. this section of scripture. Um, so I think it's lazy, uh, interpretation to use that in any other way. I think it's self-serving and it is, um, feeding a narcissistic view of the world where if I found this truth, now I'm going to share this truth and I'm going to use the Bible to, to like be the lens to which I'm showing you truth. Well, and so, yeah, I like that you mentioned that. Know. The context of the passage... You get Jesus, refunds at Bible school. Jesus, <laughs> You've gone and you still believe that. <laughs> Jesus says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But you mentioned verse... Um, uh, 36. Yeah, there it is. 36. If the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. And then in John 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. So you have to ask, okay, Jesus is talking about salvation, being his disciple. So he's he's saying that he is the, the truth. He's not saying, like, you'll just know some truth and it will set you free. And we'll know who sets us free, Jesus. And he says, I am the truth. So you can actually paraphrase this and say, if you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples, and you will know Jesus, and Jesus will set you free. That's the whole point of, of John 8. It's not that, like... Any kind of truth sets you if, free. If you're confessing your truth, it'll set you free. No. no. Or that, like, I found out the truth that gluten's bad for you, and now I've been set free. It's like, no, that's not what Jesus means. Gluten is amazing. It's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my truth, right? <laughs> but um, in the context, Jesus is, is saying, I am the truth. You'll actually know me, and I will set you free. Like, that's the yeah. whole context. And so, I think even further, like further down the line of books in the new Testament, James five verse 16, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. That's within the context of a Christian relationship though, right? Exposing the truth of our ugliness, yeah. turning back to Christ so that we would be healed or set free. Right. Yeah. So it, yeah, you're, you're entirely right. This is not about, you know, just anyone's But truth. I get that. Like you said, I get the, the, 
the tendency to to do it because you're you're right. There is truth from God's word that does set people free. To- totally. But what I was getting at is that that's not what Jesus yes. means, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if someone is like, you know, living a terrible lifestyle, and then they all of a sudden realize, like, oh yeah, the truth of the Bible, yeah, you'll be set free from stuff. Totally. Yeah. I'm yeah. not saying that. There's that, no, there's no knowledge that sets people free. Free. There's that experience and relationship with Jesus, the finding of the gospel and the salvation yeah. that yep. sets people yeah. free. But like I said, you will you could live in shackles, imprisoned and beaten your entire and life on this earth free. and still be completely free. Yeah. yeah. You can be lied to and still know the truth. Yeah. You could be cheated on and still be free. So Yeah. Um So there you go. Yeah. John <laughs> John 8 32 <laughs> in context. Okay. Dumpster fire. Yeah, it is a dumpster fire. Here we go. The podcast cast react. All right, uh, I have a great clip for you. Oh boy! From oh, oh, of course. Let me just search it real fast. Oh boy! Classic uh, Andrew. It's on Instagram. Oh. <laughs> so um, <laughs> this I know it's true. This is uh, we're going back to our uh, sunny Redding, California. Oh boy! For Bethel Church, and oh boy, this is their latest round of baptisms. I shouldn't say latest. 2019. Uh, so three years ago, they did like a baptism service. And you know how we have like, hey, tell us your testimony, right? On uh, was that this past Sunday? Uh, yeah. So yeah. Andrew and Maggie got baptized, and we kind of recorded their story—a very brief, three-minute version of your story. And it's kind of like, this is who we were. We need Jesus. This is, we're bapti- We're being baptized because we love Jesus. He's yeah. our Lord. Blah 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 blah. So this is uh, people at in Bethel at their church getting baptized and giving the reasons for why they're being baptized. Oh, boy. And tell us why you're being baptized tonight. Hi, I'm Crystal. (laughs) Yas, girl. I just know that God is calling me to be a warrior for his animal kingdom and that I'm to lead angels of (laughs) an army of angels to protect animals across the world. And I just know I can't do it without God. Give her a round of applause. Give her a round of applause. And tell us why you're being baptized tonight. Hi, I'm Crystal. Oh, okay, yeah, sorry. That that's I thought there was more three there. Oh my goodness. So, um, Do you have another one? That's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, Come on, give her a round of applause, everybody. <laughs> Zena. Okay, so. <laughs> give Zena a round of applause. Warrior Princess. Is this for, a Disney movie? For like. God for God's animal kingdom. Oh, that's all right, Snow okay, White. So, Calm but down. here, okay. Um, and tell us why. Okay, no, it's not. I thought it was. I'm like, Crystal. Okay. Um, whatever. Yes, girl. <laughs> I don't want to like. No, let's not make fun of. Crystal. No, we, let's not make fun of Crystal. The issue is uh, that was a little Bethel funny, needs to disciple their people. <laughs> but here's what's wrong with that. Okay, so uh, I I get it. We've done baptism videos before. Where it's like, okay, you didn't really mention blah blah blah. Whatever. But for someone to say, like, I want to be baptized because God's called me to, like, protect the animal kingdom. And lead an army of angels. To, like, but there's nothing about, like, hey, like, I I was a sinner and Jesus saved me and I'm submitting to him as yeah. Lord. I love Jesus. It's just kind of like, I can't do my animal kingdom thing without God. And and what's when I, when I watched it the first time, what was really disappointing is that 
the the pastor baptizing them i'm using pastor loosely is like oh yeah give it up that's amazing when it should be like are you actually a are, christian are you, how about we wait <laughs> let's, well, let's yeah, just I put this know, on like, hold for a second i don't know other thoughts <laughs> no i don't know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what i think it does sure. is it actually like reflects because i i hear bethel defended so often look at the fruit that's what I've heard from what people. Fruit? Well, and I'm like, is that really the fruit that you want to defend? Someone who like has this idea of protecting cats? Um, it's not wrong to want to do that, but that's not why you get baptized. That's not why you get baptized. And so I've, I hear often of like, okay, yeah, you know, maybe their theology is, you know, we don't, no church is perfect, but look at their fruit. Look at how many people they're baptizing and miracles and da 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 da. And I've even heard Bill Johnson defend. Well, I never want to like quench someone who's passionate about something, you know, the kingdom. And I'm like, no, the she animal needs, kingdom. She needs to be a little bit quenched sure. to be yeah. like, that's not what following Jesus is about. Yeah. Yes, God may call you to be a zoologist, and that's great, but that's not why you get baptized. Like, yeah. and that's why you know they had interns lying on graves trying to soak soul anointings or whatever and i remember bill johnson reacting like well i just don't want to quench their enthusiasm no they need to be quenched a little bit like yeah so i anyways i saw that clip and it just reminded me like this is the fruit of you know you want to talk about look at the good fruit that bethel's producing like this is an example of we're all clapping and cheering for this poor lady yeah. well, i don't even know if she knows the gospel like have you right. actually heard it yeah or is it just like yeah god can help me in my mission to yeah, where's that? Uh, what's the verse where the angel was like saying, "No, no, 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 no!" Like, don't, 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 don't worship me. Yeah, in Revelation, get, right? Yeah. Get your focus off me, man. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm, I'm not like. Yeah. But it's that whole angel seeker, um, kind of like I want to see angels and I want to lead them around. And yep. Those angels have been nope, nope, <laughs> uh, nope. And it's also it's like because this is a lot of the Bethel teaching is that like God exists to help you fulfill your destiny. Right, and so here's yeah. a girl that's like, I feel like my destiny is to help animals, and I and she says it, and I know I can't do it without God. So it's it is like a narcissistic, self centered gospel, using that term loosely, where it's just kind of like, yeah, God wants to help elevate you to fulfill your destiny. It's like, no, I'm pretty sure there's a verse that says like, yeah, you have to die to yourself <laughs> and pick up your cross. And again, that doesn't mean that you can't go then and do certain things like. It's not like you just no. because you're a Christian, you can't go be a mechanic or you can't go. But that person work in a will bakery. never feel fulfilled in the pet aisle at Walmart, stocking shelves, feeding those good animals and keeping them healthy. Like she'll never feel fulfilled in that. Yeah, no, it's not like it's not illustrious and then illustrious. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's that's a good true. word. So, anyways, I feel like we do this often, but stay away from Bethel. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's true. But honestly, because it is so, it worries me how many people, even in our own church, are like, "What's so wrong about it? It seems pretty great, and look how their songs are awesome." That and sounds then, an awful, awful lot like Eve in the garden with the fruit. I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh, that seems pretty God. nice. <laughs> it looks appealing. Yeah. So, anyways, just be careful. That's why we do these clips because we're trying to help you discern. Uh, what is true and good and helpful for your walk with Jesus and what is distracting. So this has been episode 71. 
Uh, complaint emails can be sent to Corland at npmbchurch.com. I never and... check my emails. <laughs> I never check. He's a millennial. Email. Just Snapchat me. Um, and uh, if you have uh, questions or things you want us to talk about, send us a message. And we'll talk to you next week.